you are listening to the Bold Girls Club podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tristan. I'm Alicia. And we are here to teach you how to feel worthy, wealthy, and wild. We're here to slash the stigma and shame around wanting more for your life. You can finally believe you're worthy of the wealth you desire by fully knowing your dreams are placed in your heart for a reason. It is time to be unapologetic about the life you want to create. So welcome to the club, the Bold Girls Club. All right, do your thing. (laughs) Oh, girls. So today we're riffing and ranting about having titles and labels and putting yourself in a box. But also feeling the need for the title, right? Because we're told that we have to niche down and we have to be specific. And you can't be, you know, with these generic titles and people to not know what you actually do. And so Tristan and I were having a conversation about the pressure to put yourself in a box with a title and also resist it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the pressure is so real. Like I cannot explain how many times I have been lying in bed or been sitting at my desk or like eating breakfast or doing something and a new title will pop into my head. And I'm like, yes, this is the thing. This is the thing. This encompasses everything that I believe to be true. Everything I want to represent myself in the world as, and I get all excited. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I delete my bio, I delete my title, I change everything on Instagram, I change everything on Facebook, and I'm like, this is me to the world, I get all excited, and then a month later, I fucking hate it, (laughs) I want to burn it down, I want to get out of that box I put myself in, because it no longer all encompasses my direction, my beliefs, my vision, my values, right? And then I rinse and repeat that cycle. And I can't tell you how many times I've tried to change my title on Instagram. And it's been like, you must wait 14 days before your next title change. And I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. This horrible process. I know. You and I have changed our titles so many different times. And that's true. It's hard to find something that really explains what you do. Because I feel like we're almost not giving ourselves permission to be these multi- faceted human beings. Like we're allowed to have different passions and different interests. You're allowed to be involved in different parts of business. And so it's hard to try to put yourself in a box when you don't fit in a box. Mm -hmm. No. And the only time I've ever allowed myself to fit into a box was the first year or so when I was getting started because nobody knew who the fuck I was. Nobody knew my expertise and calling myself a nutritionist and a private chef and a health coach was really helpful for getting started and getting some traction under my feet and figuring out how to do this whole entrepreneur thing. Mm -hmm. But the second that that title started to become limiting such that people would come to me and they would want certain things and I was no longer passionate about those things, I knew that that title needed to go because it no longer encompassed what I knew I was capable of Mm -hmm. the the grandeur, like the bigness of what I knew I was capable of, but you get so used to working within a title and people, I think what it really is, it's like that, that 
comfort of knowing that somebody is going to have an understanding of what you do just by saying, oh, I'm a nutritionist, right? People are like, oh, got it. Okay. Even if they don't completely get the picture, they have an understanding. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of comfort in that. There's a lot of like, oh, thank God I don't have to explain <laughs> myself or, or tell you or fill you in on all the details of what I do, right? You just get it. Yeah. I felt the same way when I was nutritionist and people were coming to me for like meal plans and shit. And I'm like, this isn't what I want to do. And so I don't even remember what my title was after nutritionist because I was playing in all different types of coaching. And now I'm involved in so many different levels (laughs) of business um, that I can't like, and how do you explain business energetics to somebody? Mm-hmm. you like like how do you put a title on that mm-hmm. and so if you scroll if you scroll and see like you know I think people understand what a business strategist is but people are like oh what's business energetics I don't really know what that is and I think that there's a lot of power in people knowing what you do like you can't say you're like a unicorn dreamer or whatever and expect people to know what you're talking about mm-hmm. right but at the same time you know, not limiting yourself either. Like right now, mine says fempreneur because I'm a female entrepreneur. I'm involved. I have my hands in so many different things right now. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to be expressive and incorporates all my core values mm-hmm. versus just having like business energetics expert mm-hmm. in my title. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And having your hands in so many different things and being multi-passionate is extremely exciting. And in a world where the old paradigm of titles, like that's an old mode of power. Having a title is an old mode of power. Using your title to get somewhere is using the old mode of power, right? Using your looks, using your income, using your relationship status, using your career, aka your career title to exude power is the old mode of power. We're getting rid of all of that. All of that is dying. That doesn't mean it's not easy peasy. It's like, that doesn't mean that it's easy peasy to let go of all of those things because we've been taught to rely on our titles. Like, we have an inner belief system that's wrapped up in a title meaning so much about your authority, your expertise, people trusting you, knowing your shit, being legitimate, right? Mm-hmm. All of these different things. And again, that's like so old model of business. Those things being the thing that reinforce your legitimacy as standing as an entrepreneur or a coach or a business owner, whatever it is, right? Yeah. That it's doesn't make it easy with- to let those things die off though. No, but it's the same thing with like diplomas and credentials. You think like you're going to have more respect by having those credentials. And maybe at some level you do, but if you don't believe deep down that you're worthy of that title and that you can still give someone a transformation, no matter what the title is, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter you know, whatever title you have, are you a good human? And can you deliver results? Exactly. I've thought about that so much because I have a bunch of 
degrees. I have a bunch of diplomas. And there's been times where that hasn't done shit for my confidence. That hasn't done shit for making me feel ready or making me feel like I'm worthy of charging what I want to charge or doing the type of work that I want to do. So that kind of blows up that whole idea right in my face that like having all these degrees and all these fancy letters after your name makes you legitimate, right? Well, no, it's your internal belief system that makes you legitimate because I can have zero degrees and I can walk up to somebody full of confidence and full of faith in myself that I can provide results. I can do the work that I'm a person of integrity, right? That I'm a leader, that I'm all of these things and I can get them results and I can do a spectacular job with never having a degree. Mm -hmm. And I know this because some of the work that I do, I don't have a degree in, but I've lived it, right? So I have that internal confidence that, I can produce the result. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And here's the thing. If you don't feel confident and competent at 5K months, then you're not going to feel more confident and competent as a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's big. That's really big. So like with the whole titles thing, I feel like they do still have a place in time. And I think that place in time, for some people, this is not a hard and fast rule, right? But for some people who are very clear that they want to work in a niche, they're very clear that they want to work with a specific type of person. They want to offer specific services for that specific type of person. They want to stay in that niche because they love it. They're good at it. And that's where their power is. For those type of people, having a title relevant to that niche would probably serve you really well, right? But for somebody that is multi-passionate, for somebody that is kind of like a jack of all trades, has your hands in a bunch of different things, can work with a variety of different type of people, your niche is dependent on the project that you're working on, right? Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I don't know if it really matters as much for you to have a specific title because you don't have a niche. Your niche is dependent on the work that you're doing at that given time. But if your work is constantly shifting, then having a title specific to that isn't going to serve you. It's just going to piss you off and frustrate you and make you feel confused. And it might also confuse the people in your audience. In your mm-hmm. audience. And I think you're allowed to be multi-passionate and let that reflect in your offers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have a collaboration program together that reflects our our expertise in business energetics. I have a money manifestation, money mindset course that reflects my expertise with that and manifestation. Mm -hmm. You know, it will reflect in your offers. Mm -hmm. So know that you get to put out what you want and that as long as you are including all of that in your brand, then it really doesn't matter. If you have three to five things that you are focusing on all the time and build your brand around it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you have wellness and business and maybe manifestation or something else. You know what I mean? As long as you're constantly circulating that in your brand, people will see you for it, they'll recognize you for it, and they'll remember you for it. Mm-hmm. So you can still build your authority. Honestly, when I'm looking at people's content, if someone's talking about the same shit all the time, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. You know, there's enough people <laughs> online just projecting information at you constantly. So I want to see somebody who's multifaceted, multi-passionate, who I can connect to and relate to. And I think when you're just focusing on that one thing all the time, the connection is not there. Right. 
Right. And this is what I wanted to bring up before we started recording is that the only time that I ever pay attention to somebody that speaks about something consistently, like they have a niche, they're solving a specific problem. They go through that problem over and over and over again. The only time I really pay attention to those type of service providers or coaches or people on Instagram, whatever it is, is when I'm dealing with that specific problem, but it's more of like an in and out. It's not like I want to stay along for the journey. Cause like you said, the ride gets boring because it's the same stuff over and over and over and over again. And I think in those cases, like allowing yourself to be more multi-passionate is going to keep people more engaged, but also I think it's okay for you to be somebody that solves a specific problem. Like you're the expert in that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And truthfully, like when I stepped out of the nutrition field, I unfollowed a ton of nutrition people just because that's not what I was interested in hearing. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's okay too for your business to evolve, your interests to evolve, who you follow to evolve, because we're ever growing and ever expanding. If you're still in the same box that you were five years ago and you're okay with that, then rock on. Mm-hmm. But know that you are allowed to keep evolving, keep evolving your brand, keep expanding your offers, and that your interests are going to shift. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't look at mom content, but I guarantee you if I was knocked up, I'd probably be looking at some mommy stuff. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> no, I get you totally. Yeah. And a lot of people feel guilty for that. They're like, oh, well now she's showing, you know, I used to follow her, but now she's showing a lot of baby stuff and I just don't resonate with it anymore. But I love her so much. I was so loyal to her brand. You know, I've heard people actually say things like this and I'm like, it, it doesn't, re- it doesn't resonate with you anymore. Yeah. It doesn't resonate okay. with you anymore. And that's I, okay. I love Lauren from the skinny confidential. Loved her. Then a lot of her stuff was baby stuff. I Do I still follow her? Yes. Do I not listen to her probably as much? No, because I don't relate to her and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I still love her as a human. Mm-hmm. And this opens up a really awesome conversation about using social media with fucking intention. intention. <laughs> so much intention because you guys, it is noisy. It is the wild fucking West out there on social media. I'm sure you know this, but if you are hyper vigilant about paying attention to how you respond in the moment when you're consuming somebody's content, that'll tell you a lot about whether that content is expansive for you or it is contractive. And sometimes even just being a loyal follower of somebody or having, you know, being really inspired by them can still be contractive, especially if you start morphing your brand into their brand because you're inspired by their brand, quote unquote, right? What that really is, is comparison. You're morphing yourself into their brand. I've had that happen. I've had that happen for sure. And it's the second I see that happening, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. All right. Time to unfollow that person. Not because I don't love their content, but because of the way that I'm responding to it. Right. And so it's like the type of content I want to see on my feed. And sometimes it's even people that I love and that I'm friends with. I'm like, your content is not relevant to my life. That doesn't mean I'm not supportive of you. That doesn't mean I don't love you. That doesn't mean I'm not friends with you, but your content is not relevant to the expansion that I want to go through right now that I'm being called to right now. So it just becomes noise. It doesn't mean it's invaluable or that it's not worthy of being read. It's just noise, right? For me. Mm -hmm. No, I'm 100% with you. I muted a lot of people this week and I still love them as humans. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's really noisy out there and you have an algorithm 
and you can use it to your advantage by letting Instagram know what you want to see more of. And sometimes it means you're consuming less and you're getting really intentional. Like if you're there on online for business, maybe it's not consuming 10 people who inspire you's accounts, but going engaging with 10 different accounts that you think would be really good clients for you. You know what I mean? Like using the platform with intention. Cause what happens is an hour goes by and you're scrolling and you're like, holy shit. Well, I'm not into lum like this bitch. So I must not be making it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And there's nothing good that comes with spending a shitload of time on social media. And I, I go back and forth in waves with this. I just texted Alicia earlier this week. I'm like, so do I just fucking hate social media or am I just burnt out on it? Mm-hmm. And the truth is a little bit of both because it's easy to get burnt out on it when you're using it for your business and you're not just consuming it as, you know, a passerby that's looking at cool shit on, on Instagram. There's so much that goes into that. There's of course like comparison and there's always going to be somebody that's doing something cool that you're like, Oh my God. And then that slides you into, I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. Like my branding sucks. My photos suck. My content, like, Oh my God, it's so mm-hmm. noisy. When in reality, if you were just doing you, you would have a fraction of those limiting beliefs coming into your reality. Tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I feel like that's a good place to end the episode. It's just babies, be intentional with your social media. Maybe we can give a few tips on like how we're intentional with social media. Cause I know that muting helps a lot. I actually Mm -hmm. went through and I've tried to mute every single person that I'm following just to see what would happen. And unfortunately, Instagram still will constantly be suggesting things to you. So your timeline will never be like dead. It will never truly be white noise because Instagram won't allow that. But going through and like going through your following, like who you are following at least once a month. Mm -hmm. And just being like, okay, is this person genuinely an expander for me? you know, do I want to be following them so I can occasionally check in? Well, maybe in that case, it's a good opportunity to mute, you know, so you can pop in when you want to. That's something I've been playing with. Yeah. Following like follower clean out, um, Mm -hmm. is huge. Muting. I'll pick like three to five people who I want to consume who really inspire me and that's it. And then I'll get whatever work done I need to get done on social. And then if I feel into it later on in the day and I still want to consume, then I'll consume. But getting your stuff out first, first thing in the morning before you consume anyone else's content is what helps you stay in that tunnel vision. Because the second you get on and you start consuming, you start comparing, you're like, oh, I don't know what I want to post now because this person posted this. Versus just staying in your own fucking lane. <laughs> um, the other thing I did too is I left a ton of Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing personal against anybody. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the energetic space to be putting myself all over the place right now. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against those people who run the groups. I love them. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, okay, what is really adding value to my life right now? And what is just noise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being intentional with what you consume. Again, it's so big. You can only truly digest and integrate so much. 
Mm-hmm. And like, we think that we're going to get somewhere if we're in all of these groups, if we're following all of these inspirational people, if we're reading all of this content, we're reading books, if we're watching YouTube, we're listening to podcasts, we think we're going to get somewhere faster. It's like, no, all you're doing is overwhelming your system. Like, you can literally only take in so much. I was so guilty of that in the beginning, thinking I needed to learn everything, thinking I needed to scroll constantly, thinking I needed to be online 24-7 because that's where my business was. But in actuality, it only burns you out. Mm-hmm. I, I do like one self-development thing a day. So whether that's reading a little bit or doing a podcast, and then I do maybe like 20 minutes on social in the morning and maybe 20 minutes at night because mm-hmm. I'm not scrolling all day. And it's so liberating when you realize, when you release the fact that like, okay, I only need to come on here for a little bit to do a little bit of engaging to post and then come back later to reply to whatever comments or whatever and keep engaging. You don't need to be on social media all day long. And when you realize that and you step back from it and you release that control, you feel so much better. You feel so much better. You're so much more clear mentally, mm-hmm. very clear, very grounded emotionally. And you're like, oh shit, this is what that feels like. <laughs> okay, we back. The lights are back on. We are here. We are here. And it's amazing because then you start to become your own source of inspiration. You start to feel and hear and receive your own downloads much more clearly. You don't question them. You're like, okay, got it. That's what we're writing about today. Everything just becomes so much clearer. And that's why we do things in the first place, right? We do, we start businesses because we fucking have something to say, Mm -hmm. but you can't hear yourself through all the noise when you're not being intentional with social media. Yeah, the creativity comes through when you allow your own voice to come through. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like that's it. I feel like that's the episode. Talked about titles, talked about, we talked about so much. Look at us. We talked about comparison, talked about how to use social media intentionally, some tips and tricks for how to clean up your space. Stay in your own lane. Get that tunnel vision. It doesn't make you a bad person. Does not make you a bad person. So many people feel guilty about that does not make you a bad person. And you know what? I want to share one more thing before we wrap up because this was really big. I had a read a human design reading done by Kelly Mahalik. She's amazing. Um, maybe I'll link her in the show notes for people. But she said something to me because I was talking about, um, I'm a manifester. And she was talking about how for manifestors, it's like, you just got to be the most unapologetic, self-expressed, big ass version of yourself that you can possibly be. And she's like, what is the most self-expressed version of Tristan look like? I'm like, I don't even know. I feel like I'm just scratching the surface and I feel like I already take up so much space. And she's like, you got to go bigger. I'm like, oh, fuck. She goes, what does that bring up for you? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, I've already had so much pushback with certain things that I posted and shared from like, especially family, especially family. And she's like, here's the thing you have to remember about having an online business that is public is that nobody else has their career in a spotlight the way that people who have online businesses do. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that our family starts to think that they're entitled to an opinion about everything that you post and share because it's public and because they can see it and everybody else can see it. But you don't have your uncle Joe, who's a contractor. He doesn't have his whole business, everything that he does throughout the day on social media for people to have a fucking opinion about. So you Mm -hmm. need to have boundaries 
boundaries with your family, whether that means going through and blocking them, that's not selfish because they are not your ideal client. You are running a damn business. It is not their job to sit and comment and commentate and spectate on everything that you do and have a damn opinion about it. You are your brand. You are doing business every time you get on social media and they need to respect that. And I'm like, Oh oh my God. Yes. Louder, louder. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, shit, I removed 9,000 followers. I know that was awesome. It fucked with my engagement for a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but it's, it's recovering. Mm-hmm. Yep. But let me tell you how good it feels when you only have people who are your ideal client in your audience. Cause that's all you're connecting with them. Mm-hmm. You're not connecting with great aunt Susan. <laughs> yep. Who has, you know, judgy eyes. Yep. <sighs> so important. And we don't, we, you haven't really shared that publicly before, but you had 10, you had 10 K followers, mm-hmm. right? And you point six or something like that. And you took out nine K people. Like that's a fucking mm-hmm. bold ass move. Just be like, it mm, doesn't matter. Bye. You're not my ideal client. Bye. Listen, followers and likes don't pay your bills. Just saying. <laughs> they don't. They you, don't. You can't take that shit to the bank. Right. <laughs> I wish you could. I really wish you could. I was listening to Angie Lee and she's like, how amazing would it be if we could take fucking, I have 10,000 comments, take that to the, you know, the real estate office and be like, I would like to put a down deposit on this house. I have 10,000 likes on this post. Fortunately, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) It'd be awesome if it did. But how many people are like, I don't have enough followers. That's why I'm not making enough money. And Alicia's over here like, okay, bye. 10,000 people, 9,000 people gone. (laughs) Yeah, because that doesn't matter to me. Like, I want people matter. who are actually going to buy from me and not just be sitting ducks that are full of noise and full of opinions that mm-hmm. don't impact my life. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You can be like, oh, well, I'm an influencer and I need 10K, whatever. Like, you're literally getting paid like a dollar per whatever outfit you sell on Amazon. So mm-hmm. if, that, if that's the way you want to go about things, then <laughs> go right ahead, sister. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, listen, like there's no shit on influencers. That's a legitimate business model. It works. Yeah, it works. It does work. But that, the thing is, is I think people get it twisted with being an influencer and being a business owner, because being an influencer, your likes matter, your comments, how many comments you get matter, how many views you get, how many followers you have. That shit all matters when you're an influencer, but an influencer business model is so different than a service based business model. You do not need thousands of likes, thousands of comments, thousands of views, and thousands of fucking followers to have a successful service-based business. You just don't. You need a loyal Mm -hmm. following that you understand what they need and what they want. And you're providing that thing. That's what you need. Yeah. And that's all fine and dandy to the point where, you know, you eventually build your audience that way and you want to expand your income and you want to like have partnerships and affiliate marketing. That's Mm -hmm. when it works. You know what I mean? But like that, you don't need that to make money. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, what's funny is that I've been like, okay, I think that's it. I feel like, and then we just keep going. So like, (laughs) I'm going to ask you this time, like, is there anything else that you want to riff on before I attempt to end this episode? Cause I feel like it's just a mood point. (laughs) I think we're good girl. I think we covered it all. 
All right. Well, you guys know what to do. If you love this episode, take a screenshot, share it in your stories, share it on your socials, tag us in it. Let us know what you loved. Leave us a ratings and review about what you love. That's how more babes just like you find us. And I think that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. What's up, queen? We did a thing. We know you guys have been dying for some sassy ass merch. And guess what? We came through for you, babes. If you absolutely loved this episode, go ahead and share this episode on your socials and tag us on Instagram or Facebook at The Bold Girls Club to enter a monthly giveaway for a Bold Girls Club pop socket. And guess what it says? The fan favorite. I am the special occasion. Because you know, we like to remind you how badass you truly are. Can't wait to see you on the interweb.